Hey guys, you're listening to the JK Experience, where we train leaders to live a life of exceptional impact, influence, and faith. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the JK Experience. And you know, I don't have James here again, yet again, but as always, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to provide you with some fantastic, talented people. Uh, on today's show, we've got Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. I said the last name right, right? I got that. Was that good? You crushed it. Oh, that was perfect. Excellent, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome, guys. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, no, our pleasure, Josh. It's fun to get to connect with someone who also is going through a very similar journey as business owners, uh, not only striving to reach the pinnacle of getting all of them going, but then also being able to hand them off uh, to other people and, and seek higher purpose. I think we're very aligned and love the opportunity to share that with your entrepreneur listeners. Well, thanks. Well, you guys, I got to tell you, um, I absolutely love the name of your company, Wealth Without Wall Street. So before we go any further, we just got to know, like, how did you come up with that? Like, was it just an epiphany? Was it something that you've had for years and you knew this was something that you wanted to create? Like, where did that name come? Because it is absolutely epic. Well, it describes everything that we're about and everything that we uh, despise, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. uh, like we, so just a little background. I came out of the typical financial planning world. So I was in that Wall Street advisor mindset. Uh, I was a certified financial planner for a little over 11 years. And, and Joey and I started a, a business together where we were teaching people how to take control of their cash, how to seek uh, passive income and be a, be a part of the solution instead of handing it off and being a part of the problem. And we were just saying like, how do we, how do we get this message out there? And Joey and I had a, a younger guy at the time that was working for us kind of as a, uh, like a marketing guy. And he said, you guys need to start a podcast. And they're like, um, Google, what is a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, so when we were, we were talking about that, we're like, okay, I, I guess we can do that. We talk a lot. I don't know if we talk well, but we talk a lot. <laughs> what, what are we going to name it? And, and we started talking about what the Wall Street mindset was. What were the things holding people back from really becoming financially free? And we said, well, man, wouldn't it be nice if people were building wealth without wall street, like, isn't that like counterintuitive and, mm -hmm. and we love flying, um, you know, in the face of what people would consider the norm because most of us as entrepreneurs know that we don't feel normal. <laughs> like we are totally doing things uncommonly and we're like, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So basically his long uh, story was to say we accidentally, came up with it. And, uh, we're, we're grateful for that young guy that uh, was working with us at the time. That's awesome. Well, I tell you what, I, I do feel like, you know, just listening, or just reading that your guys's, um, uh, your message. And then what, you know, once again, wealth without wall street, um, it just resonates. Cause it's like, there is this phallus that, you know, in order for you to become very wealthy, that you have to have wall street involved in that. And, uh, you guys have obviously continued to prove that that is wrong. Um, you know, one of the things that you guys are, I would say, um, uh, very knowledgeable in and uh, the experts in is this this thing of infinite banking. And I don't want to go too too much into the weeds of it, but would you just kind of go high level so our, our listeners have an understanding of what infinite banking is? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw out like a really practical example of what it is, if that's okay. So sure. I 
when I was a financial advisor, financial planner, I was helping my father-in-law at the time manage his stocks, manage his mutual funds. Give basically, I was his advisor, and he had inherited this big, huge uh, sum of money from his dad when he passed, and majority of it was in Bank of America stock. And at the time, Bank of America was trading at almost fifty dollars a share. It was a large seven-figure number. And I, I knew enough at the time to tell him, hey, if things go bad, um, we, we don't want to lose this money, right? You just got it. You don't want to lose it. So put you know a stop loss on it. And that means if it drops over a certain percentage, then it sells it. Yeah. Now, at the time, Bank of America had been basically the same price forever. Mm-hmm. And any uh, fluctuation was like plus half a percent, <laughs> minus a half a percent, something like that. That's what we see by the second now in the markets, mm-hmm. but that that was not normal back in 2006, 2007. And so we did that. We put a stop loss on it at 15%. And when the market started to go down in 07 and 08, it triggered that. And there my father-in-law is sitting with a huge sum of cash, angry at me that I have sold his stock that his dad has given him that had made so much money for his dad. His dad basically told him never to sell this. Okay. And I have done that. I, I was I was definitely the black sheep at that point. Well, little little did we know what we were going through, right? We didn't have any idea that we we're going through the Great Recession. At the same time, my wife's a dentist. She's starting a dental practice in late 2008. And who do we go and get financing from but Bank of America? Mm. And, and so now we're at Bank of America. We're getting this large, almost $700,000 loan to start this dental practice. And and, and paying six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month for for the right to borrow that money, mm-hmm. and I, January two thousand nine, I get introduced to this uh, older gentleman who wrote a book called Becoming Your Own Banker, and he said he was telling us at this conference I was at in Orlando, Florida, that why is it that we deposit money in the banks and then turn around and take loans from those same banks? Right. Do we not understand that we're literally just borrowing the money that we've put in there? <laughs> they are marking up our money and sending it back to us and making a good living doing it. Mm-hmm. And if you had the ability, would you not borrow the money from yourself? Would you not keep all of that difference? And it just hit me like a sledgehammer, man. I was like, he's so right. Like my father-in-law's cash is sitting in the bank right now. And my wife is literally borrowing the money that he's put in there. And the difference is they're giving him point. Oh, one percent, you know, earnings on it. And he's thankful because he's terrified of what the market would do. He didn't want to take it out of there. And we need the money. We have the capability to pay it back. And she's paying almost 8% to Bank of America. And I thought that is such an amazing thing. And so we, we took it upon ourselves to implement this strategy to where her father literally lent her business the $700,000 that they had the loan. We paid off Bank of America and for about 10 years while she had her business, she ultimately left the practice a, a couple of years ago to, to homeschool our family. And we were paying him that six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month over that period of time. And we used a, a, a tool, kind of a, a known tool, but an unknown tool as it w- relates to building wealth. And it was this tool called a dividend paying life insurance policy. And that was where uh, all the mo- money ultimately resided. And since then, we've used multiple times to buy other uh, assets together, real estate and businesses and stuff. 
It's such a great story. I mean, honestly, uh, when we you guys actually have this in your community that you you share this story, and it was really, uh, it was a powerful story for me to hear. And I'm so glad that you took the time to to share that with our audience. You know, Joey, you guys have done something I think is really extraordinary is that you've created a community around this. Um, that, that you know, your business, you know, your business model to a certain point, but you you've done an amazing job of of giving people that opportunity to come together uh, so that they have knowledge, they have understanding, and they have a practical way of a- applying this to their life. So talk to us a little bit more about this community. Well, and, and first of all, as a, just a thank you for allowing us to be on, I'd love to just give free access if I could to your yeah. listeners. Is that, I don't is that think cool? anybody's going to be upset about that. So yes, okay. that would be fantastic, brother. <laughs> well, um, go, go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash JK and you can get free access um, to all of our courses and con- content and all the community. You can even see the different members that may be in your community, like physically in your area, because there's over 3,300, 3,400 people now um, all across America. And so chances are there's somebody nearby. Mm-hmm. But what I would like to say is, is exactly what you said at the very outset is the name Wealth Without Wall Street is compelling. And it's certainly compelling for somebody who is an entrepreneur because they already play by the, the rules that nobody else is playing by, right? right. They're, they want to go against the grain because if you go with the grain, you are never going to have uncommon results. Mm-hmm. And, and so Wealth Without Wall Street is 100% about taking control. I love one of the videos that you put out was, you know, you need to be the captain of your finances. Mm-hmm. Well, ultimately that's taking ownership, right? That's taking control. And so we walk people through a four-step process. And one of those is control. And it's, it's really saying, I'm no longer going to give up my money to somebody else, like a money babysitter as Russ used to be, and allow them to invest my money without my understanding, my knowledge, or my ability to influence and expect there to be something of any sort of value at the end of it. Yeah. I've got to take that back. I've got to invest in things that I know and understand in myself, in my business, and in collateralized things that have value behind them that are not just on paper. And so I think that's why we exist and why people are so drawn to it is they're, they're, they're hungry for this. Yeah. I, I think there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I would tell you, um, about a year and a half ago, I had a conversation with um, uh, uh, with our with our financial advisor, and we kind of looked at like where we were at over a whole uh, overall. And the question I had to him was like, "Hey, listen, you know, so when we get to a point in our lives, um, uh, we want to be able to draw, let's say, eight thousand dollars out. Uh, and I don't want to touch the principal. I just want, I really just want, I want all of this uh, just residual income coming in." And I said, "Could you just do the calculations on that?" and so he did it and he goes, yeah, you're going to need about two and a half million dollars in there. And I'm like, I look at my <laughs> wife and I go, Kate, if we have two and a half million dollars in there, we're buying real estate because we'll be pouring in 30 to $40,000 
from that residual income coming in. Like this is just makes no sense. And so, you know, the stock market is very, very intimidating to people. And it's a very easy way for us to lose money. It's a very way for us to really not get the gains that we thought we would get. And, you know, Russ, I think you did this. I was, you know, I was listening to the community. I'm a part of the community. So I appreciate that. Thank you guys. I was listening to one of your videos and you were talking about that specifically. And I thought it was just a powerful moment to realize that it just doesn't have to be intimidating. No, it doesn't. And what you said, and I think what we resonate as entrepreneurs is that we want to control our own destiny. We totally don't want to to hand that over. And that's the reason why we've taken the wheel by by creating the businesses that we're in. And the the typical mindset of waiting till 60 to access cash seems a little foreign. And right. sure, we've all done it. We've all put money into that. And a lot of us have done it because we didn't know what else to do. That was just, I mean, you can't turn on the TV without getting an ad that's preaching to do that, right? So right. you're dumb if you're not doing that. That's the way it's pointed out to us. But then when when we, we match it up to what we really want, we say, I don't want to put a whole lot of money into that because I, I need it for my business. I need mm -hmm. it to grow. I need it uh, to, to be able to hire new people, to be able yeah. to invest in new products and supplies and research and all of these things. And not to mention, we all have gone through quarantine. We've gone through, you know, different uh, slumps and we know, man, what it's like to, to struggle to make payroll. And so we never want to go through that again. So we keep cash sleeping, yeah. literally taking a nap yep. in our checking accounts. Yeah. Right. And, yep. and, but we do that and we call that retained earnings and it makes us feel good because we wake up in the morning and we type in our, our numbers, our username and password into our bank account and we see it and we go, ah, that feels good. <laughs> but but then also then the moment of saying, well, that thing's taking a nap. It's not helping me. It's not working for me. If that was an employee, you would fire them. But with money, we don't do that. And and so we we we're definitely conflicted by these these strategies. And so what Joey and I, we, what we observe and what we uh, we apply in our own life and we just teach it in our podcast and inside our community is that life doesn't have to start at 59 and a half. Be honest. I see people who have saved all their lives and they get to this time frame. And you think this is when they're going to magically start spending it. My, my in-laws are an example. And, and they were one of those before, you know, I ever gotten to this part of the business where I was teaching this, they were savers. Mm -hmm. And now they're in their seventies. Do you think they're just spending willy nilly? Like, you know, like all of a sudden they broke all the habits right. that they yeah. created for 50 years. No, of course mm -hmm. not. They don't do that. So now this is huge pot of money that well, great. They get to pass it down to the next generation, but man, they start looking back on life and saying, well, what if when I was 35, I would have taken one more trip to Disney with the kids. Yeah. What, what if I would have spent one more uh, week, you know, traveling uh, to watch, you know, a tennis tournament or whatever with my kids. But I, I thought, you know, I, I need to go to work. Yeah. I need to make money for the family. And and that's where I see that we, we tell people that, you know, financial freedom is it, not, easy to accomplish, but it is, there is an easy formula mm -hmm. and it's this. So if you, if you really want to know, like I tell people very practically, get out a pen, unless you're driving, don't do this, uh, do it later, but it's not too hard. <laughs> Here's the formula, passive income. What is passive? That's anything that you are actively not having to do yourself. Now there's nothing that is truly uninvolved, or at least a lot of things are have some involvement. We all know that as business owners, there's more businesses that we're, we own, but we don't necessarily do the day-to-day -day functions. That could be considered passive, but we are involved. Passive income greater than our monthly expenses. And when the, the way you can determine how close you are to true financial freedom is just take the number on the left and divide it into the number on the right. And it'll give you a percentage. 
It'll tell you how close are you. And if you're at 100%, amazing. You don't have to wait to 59 and a half. But if you're not at 100%, like most of us have are not, right? you know, like, okay, I got a goal. And, and as, you know, if anything's important, we create goals and we write it down and we start tracking it. And amazingly, our brains, which is a powerful machine, helps us get closer and closer every day to that point. And we see ourselves making progress and we go, man, I'm going to get there much faster than I would get to two and a half million dollars. <laughs> you know, like right, what exactly. your advisor was telling you is I, I can get to that $8,000 a month, maybe in six months, maybe 18 months, maybe it's four years. Mm-hmm. What if it's eight years? Mm-hmm. As long as I'm not 51, I'm getting there before 59 and a half, which is what our typical investing strategy tells us to do. Yeah. And just to add on to that, Josh, what you pointed out was the most common way that um, finances have been taught to us is accumulation, mm-hmm. right? Build up a mountain of cash so that at some point in the future, I can start taking some of that money off and hope that it doesn't run out. So there's two, two problems with that. Actually, there's a lot more than two, but just two I'll point out. One is it creates a scarcity mindset on both sides of the mountain. Think about it. In order for me to accumulate the most money possible in retirement, I have to live like nobody else today. Like that means I have to scrimp and save and scrimp and save and scrimp and not buy the extra, you know, thing of cotton candy at Disney World because we're on a budget or not go to Disney World at all because I'm still trying to accumulate. And then like the lady at the beach that I was at a few weeks ago, she told me her story. She walked up. She's actually from Alabama. And uh, we, we just met down in Florida. And she's like, yeah, I worked for 40 years. And, uh, you know, it just, it's kind of funny, you know, when you finally get to this point, retirement, she's like, you realize that's all there is. All that money that I put away, like, mm-hmm. that's all there is. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I just hope it's enough. And and again, so what do you think that her mindset is not, man, let's live, let's live it up. She's like, I'm going to scrimp and save. So when do you ever live? Mm -hmm. The the accumulation mindset is a scarce mindset and it defers life. At the end of the day, life is not guaranteed tomorrow. It's not guaranteed period. And so what we have to, we, we have to get out of this idea that we have to defer everything until some point in the future and start living smart today, like taking control of our finances, creating passive income so that we can enhance life today. Um, so anyways, you see, we get a little bit passionate about this. No, I love it. You guys, I mean, when, when, you, when you're, when you're in your lane, right. When you're in your lane, it's easy to get passionate about it. And I think that you guys do a fantastic job of serving not only your community, but obviously those that are listening to this podcast, the podcast that you guys have as well, too. I'm just curious. This, this is kind of a off the wall question here. And so I hope we don't have to go too much of a rebel. How do you and Dave Ramsey align? Oh, man, we, we're so aligned. Like okay. you go out and you type in um, Dave Ramsey is wrong. Wealth without <laughs> Wall Street is and the it, first thing that will <laughs> pop up. Yeah. It, it, there, there's it's, a highly contested video out there that somebody in this room may have created that has rubbed <laughs> 
some Renzonites wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I have not known this. So that's, I was just thinking about all this stuff because we are taught, you know, by our, by our parents, we are taught by our grandparents, certain things and that it becomes generational. And so oh. what you guys are teaching is that's, we, we have to have a different mindset. And once again, Dave Ramsey has a massive influence in our country, you know, the baby yeah. steps and, you know, you got to be completely debt free. And, and I've never been a big pro- proponent of that. I, I'm more on rich dad, poor dad in a sense, right? Yeah. I love what you guys, I would never, we would never have a, this building. We would never have the stuff that we have if I was committed to be like, we're paying cash for everything. You know, and I'm like, we just, we, our, our vision, our dreams, the things that we want to accomplish just wouldn't have never have happened that way if we followed those rules. Well, and to be fair, the people that are listening to you right now are not the common person, mm-hmm. right? So Dave Ramsey has a huge audience because there are a lot of people that will never veer off of this path that they've been told is to their their benefit, and it's scarce. Mm-hmm. But the folks that are listening to you are going to be abundant. They're looking for ways to enhance themselves and others. Like uh, just hearing your model of leadership, it's just like Jesus' model of discipleship. Well, you're not going to um, you're not going to be thinking like that if you're literally hoarding the very money that you are earning from someone else's paycheck that they're paying you. When you go out and create value in the world, now you have something to give away. I mean, it just well, you know, these these things are totally going to be contradictory. Well, that's the parable of the talent, right? The person, yes. the one who who just stored it and did nothing with it, got called slothful, right? Exactly. <laughs> I yes. mean, th- that is the opposite. And, and yes, I mean, 93% of the people are employees for the 7% of us that are entrepreneurs. And we are going to do things different. And that is, I mean, again, I, I don't knock people for where they are in life. And and we all have been, I mean, I started out as an uh, as an E-quadrant employee. And I slowly moved into the, the self-employed, the S-quadrant, and thought I'd really done something. Even though I'd multiplied my income several times over, I thought I'd really done something until I, I read the cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki and realized, man, I am super selfish. I'm mm-hmm. super solo. I am uh, super stressed. You know, all the yeah. S's that he starts going through. Yeah. And I started figuring out how I had to learn how to be a B-quadrant owner, business how, owner, yeah. how, how to become an I quadrant investor and move in those directions. And when I did that, I had to be able to serve a lot of people. Like I had to be able to help a lot more people yeah. and it, both employment of them, but also serving the people that we're going, uh, our businesses were, were made to create. And I think that that's an amazing thing that us as entrepreneurs have, and it makes us different, but it's also why we get to reap some of the benefits too behind it. Well, I just love the fact that you guys are going to allow access to all of our listeners um, to your community because it is an awesome, powerful community that you guys have uh, created, and I'm excited to see where you go. So we've got a ton of entrepreneurs, uh, as we've talked about, and so I would like to know, just for you guys, if you wouldn't mind pouring into them, because I know that you guys um, are so good at doing this, for an entrepreneur that is finding themselves, hey, listen, I've got... I've got a I've got a good amount of money in my savings. It's my security. I've worked really really hard for this. Um, the 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 you know the um, the stock market intimidates me. I kind of want to buy an investment, but I'm not really quite sure. Like, what would you give them? Like, what's the first step other than joining the community? What's the first step that you would want them to take or be prepared to take uh, in order to make that next decision? 
Hi, I'm Barbie with True North Media, and I produce quality content for all our great clients. Are you tired of worrying about finding time to produce content and make sure you're speaking to the right people on the right platforms in the right way? Let us streamline your system and do the heavy lifting so that you can focus on what makes you great. Here at True North, it's our mission to accelerate our clients' growth by helping them discover their True North. We empower businesses who want to win with the tools and strategies to tell their unique story. You'll love our process. It's really easy. First, we discover your unique needs and goals. Second, we collaborate to craft a marketing plan. And third, we launch quality content that gets results. Ready to take your success to the next level? Head to thetruenorthmedia.com to book your free strategy sesh now. Visit thetruenorthmedia.com to book now for free. True North Media, where your success matters the most. Now, back to the JK experience. No, I love that. And if it's okay, I'm going to give an analogy and, and allow you to kind of apply it on you jump in there, Joey, to help give clarity. So, uh, you know, there was a one class that I slept through. Um, no, that was all my classes in college pretty much, <laughs> but there, there was one that I, I, I do remember it was psychology 101 and they were talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if you've ever had a psych class you would have experienced this. And at the base level of this is that everybody needs food. That's the mm -hmm. first motivation that we have. And if you ever have a kid and they're still young, you know that that it, it is so true because I've got an eight-year-old. He's still, first thing he does, he walks in my room, first thing he asks is what's for what's for breakfast, mm -hmm. right? Like, like immediate <laughs> motivation. But, what, but once we have food in our belly, we want to make sure there's shelter. And then we want to have friends. Then we want to have esteem and career. You know, career. And then ultimately, we're reaching out for that self-actualization moment, something higher than us. And so what we decided is like, how do we take that same concept and apply it to finance because the reality is the self-actualization like you know whenever every little eight-year-old right now practicing baseball wants to be josh <laughs> they want to be playing for the colorado rockies mm -hmm, right and they're right. they're dreaming they're seeing themselves pitching the ninth inning of the world series in the seventh game right they right. they they've got that vision they want to be there that that's where they want to be but they got to start they got to start somewhere and unfortunately in investing the first thing people are taught to do with their money is what? To go put it in the stock market, right. to go put it in a 401k, an IRA, and invest it in a mutual fund. That to me is like literally going straight to the top of the pyramid. I give the example of the guy who's homeless that you're passing by on, on the shoulder of the road as you're getting off the interstate, and he's sitting there with the sign, and it's not, I you know, need money for food. It's need money uh, for my, you know, my, my NBA, you know, uh, event next week. Right. <laughs> like that's not, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. They're not worried about, you know, the jump shot. They're worried about getting a hamburger into their belly. Mm -hmm. And, and what we tell people is that we got to look at finance the same way. So we start at the bottom of this pyramid and not at the top. So the bottom for us, the baseline is cash and cash flow. So the fact that they're sitting in a cash position, that's an awesome thing. Mm -hmm. Most people are not. Most people are undercapitalized. They have very little access to money because they put it into investments that aren't liquid. And some of that, sometimes that's houses, sometimes that's businesses, sometimes that's real estate. And not that any of those things are bad in and of themselves, but they don't have access to cash. And so people say cash is king and we say cash flow is king. Right. Because being able to have access to money, if, if that stuff starts stop flowing, just like water through our bodies, we die, get stagnant. 
And so we would tell people the first thing to do is to take that cash and start investing into things that you understand and can control. Yeah. Th so that's like that second rung up on the hierarchy of wealth, if you will. So cash and cash flow moves into control, which is in yourself and in your own business. Hmm. These are the things that you have influence over and you have uh, some knowledge of the outcomes, right? And then from there, once you've kind of maximized that, and I, and I love your story, Josh, of how you, you took it to the point where, man, I grew a business and then I stepped away from the business. I replaced myself mm -hmm. to make that business more passive. That's the best investment you could ever make because there's nothing that you can put money into that would give you the same returns as that free kind of passive cash flow. Yeah. It, you put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get there. Don't get me wrong. But from a dollars and cents, there's nothing that compares to that. And then from there, you go into like the third, the third level. Well, and I will say this, like, I know that you're frustrated already with this, Josh, because you said, give them something <laughs> they can do with their money. And we're giving you analogies and we're giving you framework and principles. But to be honest, that is the best thing we could give you. Right. Because if we got on this show and we said, oh, you got cash, you should go buy fill in the blank. Right. That would be the same as you walking into the doctor's office you say my arm hurts and he says, okay, surgery <laughs> or take this medicine. We got to cut it off. Right. Because, and unfortunately people and the person you mentioned earlier, and I don't want to like call out their name again, but um, name call them, but they do that a lot. They give people advice and advice is dangerous, right? Because what's right for me or what's right for you may not be right for the person listening to us right now. No, but what I, I can tell, what I can tell you is what not to do, yeah. right? Then what not to do is easier. Because if you're a business owner and you want financial freedom and you want it now and you don't want to wait till 59 and a half, I can tell you the, the one thing that you might be doing or you might be being told to do by your accountant is to put money in a 401k or a SEP IRA. And I can tell you if that is the wrong thing and here's the reason why. That cannot be accessed until you're 59 and a half. And if your goal is to be financially free before then, you know that that is wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's what we always talk about immediately. That's why cash and cash flow is so huge. Putting money in things that we can control and we can access is so important because those are the things that we need as businesses and business owners to be successful. Now, you know, what do I do with my money? I, I always tell people that and we, Joey and I are always really open. Like I put lots of money in high cash value life insurance policies as my baseline. So the reason I do that is instead of putting in a checking account and my money sleeping and taking a nap all day, you know, that money that we never want to use is our Armageddon fund. I got that money earning three to 5% protected from creditors and uh, gives a death benefit and, and is it's growing tax free. It, it grows tax free. Like, so just baseline, I'm outperforming every checking and savings account, money market account that exists out there. Mm -hmm. But that's just a tool, right? So then I'm looking does my business need money? If I'm, if it needs money, I don't grow a business for my business to be wealthy. I grow a business for me to be wealthy. And so people unfortunately keep lots of money in their business checking account, assuming that that's the best place for it. No, you need to be distributing that money out of the business and getting into your personal hands. And when your business needs money back, you need to be questioning, is it a good place? Because here's, here's a thing that I learned, a principle. Uh, there's a uh, economic concept called economic value add. Have you ever heard about this, Josh? I have not. No. 
All right. So this is something that's age old that a management company uh, was teaching big business like Coca-Cola, Briggs and Stratton, um, CSX Railroad, this type of people. They have all this money retained earning, like all of us business owners are, are kind of prone to do is get lots of cash. And then they would want to start up a new department, a new enterprise, new um, development. What would they do? They'd take that cash of sitting in the, the account, right, and go pay for it. And this management company came in and said, how do you know if this new endeavor is profitable? And they go, well, what do you mean? We got a profit and loss statement. They said, yeah, but I don't see anywhere in there where you're accounting for the cost of your cash that you invested in it. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, my cash didn't cost anything. They're like, it didn't. <laughs> if you would have put it somewhere else and it was earning interest, wouldn't that have been a cost for you to take it away from it to do this? And they're like, yeah. If you didn't have the cash and you would have borrowed it from a bank, wouldn't you have had to pay them? Yeah. Do you value your money more than the banks? Yeah. Well, why are you not charging yourself for that? Why are you not accounting for that? And so what happens with us as business owners, when we keep money in our business checking accounts and we want to start something new, we want to hire a new employee, we want to start a new uh, segment, what do we do? We take that cash right out of our checking account and pay for it. And we think, we have the money, we can do it. But that's not the, that's not the answer, right? Because if we had to borrow the money, then we would say, okay, well, it's going to cost us $500 a month for the next five years or for yeah. $5,000 a month for the next five years to be able to pay this off if we borrowed it from a bank. Well, then the new endeavor has to produce a profit on top of that $5,000 exactly. or otherwise we wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's that's something that there's a practical example for business owners that you can apply that most people I can promise you are not. They've been taught to save cash. And so what do they do? They spend cash and not ever know if their business is being successful. So Joey and I personally have almost 40 uh, life insurance policies uh, <laughs> that we own. I know this seems a little crazy, but they like just are again, they're just our place to store cash. Mm-hmm. And every time one of our businesses need it, we then lend it to that business and that business has to make a payment. Just like my wife's dental practice had to make a payment back to her dad. It, if we couldn't have made that $7,000 payment back to her dad and been profitable, we would have never done the business. And that's the same way we, we tell people to treat their cash. Yeah. Dude, that is so good. I literally, my next question was about me. So I was going to get some free advice here, but I kind of had a, I have an idea where you guys were going to, where you guys were going to tell me what to do. So I'm just really Honestly, I, I'm just enthralled by this idea. Um, you know, it's funny how when you start talking about it, it's like, okay, this makes sense. And this is not nearly as intimidating as I said before, because I think it's oftentimes where we, you know, when we're, when we're not in our lane, we don't want to go in the other lane. You know, we're like, we're really intimidated to go to this. That, that's, you know, so we're just going to stay in this lane. We're going to do what we know. And I think that the diversity of that is so important. I do think they align really well because a lot of the stuff that you guys talk about, it happens to be with real estate and how do you diversify and how do you come up with that capital? Um, so I'm really excited about the conversations that we'll have and continue to have after this, you know, for myself too, because that really has spurred some questions that I have internally about like, what's the best way to run this organization with the cash that we have in the account? And what could we be doing to make sure that we're more profitable? And then of course, obviously, you know, we've got money in the savings and that was the nest egg, right? Or that was, that was uh, security for my wife. And, uh, uh, uh now it's kind of like, well, maybe we should revisit that. So, um, I mean, this is awesome. You guys, 
any anything that you'd like to just finish this podcast up with the people that are listening to? You know, once again, we have entrepreneurs out there. We have people that are, you know, they, they want to create wealth and they want and they I know they want to create passive income. Anything that you would tell them that you'd love to part them with? Yeah, I I would just tell anybody for that matter is there is a process to this. And what most people want to do is they they get intrigued by something new and they just go for it, but they haven't really taken the first step. And that is being clear, right? Having clarity on what your life looks like, not necessarily how good the investment is or isn't. Like, what have we been trained to do, Josh? We've been trained. The very first question we ask on any investment, what's the rate of return? Who cares what the rate of return is if it literally requires all of your time? Mm-hmm. Like if someone, Josh, if someone said, hey, you know what, man, the rate of return on this is a thousand percent, but um, you you have to literally, you know, give up your family and your whole, all your other businesses for it. Yeah. The answer is I don't, I'm not doing that. Like right. that's not in line with my life. Mm-hmm. So clarity, get clear on who you are, who you want to become and what your life looks like. Then and only then can you then take control and put your your business, your finances, everything through the framework of saying, okay, do these things align with me? And and that's where we would talk about your different cash flows, your budget. Um, I mean, let's be honest. If we don't, we're not clear on who we're trying to become and what our life looks like. Our budget really is just a bunch of numbers on a page. It's not really clear. Should I be doing this or not? Um, like for instance, what Russ was talking about, if you want financial freedom before you're 59 and a half, I don't care what the match is on your 401k. It's not enough mm-hmm. because literally, and, and Russ has been famous for saying this. He's like, you can't pay me enough to take away my freedom until I'm in my sixties. Yeah. You can't do it. And that's literally the only enticement of one of these 401ks. So, but you don't know that until you're clear. So get clarity, take control. Then and only then can you create some alternative passive income ideas. And then finally, our fourth step is cherish the life that you've created. That's where we start really thinking about impact on others, on our family, on legacy and all these things. And and man, we we just want to invite you into that process with us. We are not... Um, we have not arrived by any means. We are constantly on a journey. That's how we meet people like you that are investing in us and, and hopefully us and you. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's not too vague, but that's our process and love to help provide that framework for others. Uh, love it. You guys. So what's the best way we got the community. So could you tell me, tell us all what that link is again, and then also where else they can follow you You guys got a fantastic podcast that you guys have, uh, on top of that. So just give us information, how we can, uh, make sure that we get in contact with you or follow you. Yeah, totally. Well, the, the link is wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash JK. And I will say we've made it easy in this fact that you don't have to remember all our Instagram handles, Twitter, LinkedIn, because uh, Joey doesn't know what any of those words even mean. <laughs> but what we did is that we literally inside this app we built. So once you once you down uh, once you sign up for the uh, the community, you literally can go to the app store, type in What's Without Wall Street, click the the cool faceless man logo, put in your credentials, 
And now you can DM either one of us. Like we have a messaging function in there. You can, uh, I'm going to let them know, Josh, they can actually DM you in there. Like there, yes, anybody who's that. a member yeah. in there can, can chat and, and be notified immediately. And if you're going to spend time, like we would say, a time that's not necessarily focused or congruent with what exactly you're looking for. And, and you spend time in a community like this, seeking out not only answers to questions that you have, ask them in there, but definitely please, when you join, uh, hit us up in the chat and say, Hey, I heard you on the JK experience. I really liked uh, what Joey was saying. Rush, you talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told now, come on now. You gotta yourself out on that, huh? Well, you guys, yeah, this but, was awesome. it, Good. Yeah, but in there also our podcast episodes are released in there, which is yeah. wealthwellwallstreet.com. And uh, obviously wherever uh, podcasts can be downloaded from, uh, you, you can hit it up and, and listen to us there too. Love it. Well, you guys, I tell you what, I really appreciate the time. I know you guys are busy. I know that you guys are out there helping people change their lives. So thank you for taking uh, a moment away from all of that. Um, I've really appreciated getting to know you guys even more so on this. And uh, I mean, just uh, just a tremendous amount of gratitude for you. So thanks for all you guys are doing. Oh, yeah. Our pleasure, man. All right, guys. Well, hey, listen, as always, you know, the, the, the price, the fee for listening to this is for you to share this. And so I just ask you that, you know, sit down, sit down with your significant other and, and listen to this podcast. This was, uh, uh, this was a great opportunity for you to see and cast a vision of where you want to be at in your life. And once again, as uh, Russ and Joey were talking about, like, don't wait to live a life at 59, 60, 70 years old. Live that life now. Put the things in place so that you can enjoy life and enjoy each other and uh, and uh, take advantage of it. So appreciate you guys as always. Have a fantastic rest of your week and we will definitely be talking to you soon. Wait, before you go, we want you to know how thankful we are for you listening to the JK Experience. You're the reason we keep sharing valuable content every week. If you found any value in this podcast, please subscribe to our channel and write us an honest review. We want to know what you think so that we can grow with you. We'll catch you next time.